This is a journey into sound. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new values, and a new experience. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6, Side B of You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast. This is the side of the podcast where we take lesser-known music by the lesser-known artists that have been contacting us throughout the week. And yeah, we, we focus on their music and we, we look at them and yeah, it's all about them. It's all about you, the artist. So yeah, th- this week uh, we have with us, as usual, Wayne to my left. Hello, everybody. And Neil, bystanding, because... Uh, he does, he's, he, no, the, the, the B-side isn't his thing. So he's bystanding, he's going to interject he's every now and then. Boy, he's standing he by. We have Neil, say hello Neil. Hello Neil. <laughs> so yes. Still quite reserved. Still quite reserved. We, perhaps we need to go for a run. Mm. Naked, in the rain. S- let's not. So yes. Let Feeling me. washing over me. Hey, hey. No, I'm sorry. <clears throat> So yes, we're going to start straight away, no messing about, getting on with it. We're going to start with our first artist who is Louise, not Louise Tall, that's definitely not her name. Her name is Francesca Louise, that's that's more like it. And uh, she's brought her song Birds, so this is my conversation with her and her song. Hello Francesca, welcome to the show, how are you? you? I'm good, thank you, I'm good. I'm uh, enjoying the sunshine. Um, you've got sunshine where you are. Yeah. It's okay here, I suppose. I'm in the West Midlands. Ah, right, okay. And yeah, no, we've had a bit of gloom, but then the sun's come back out again, which is pretty lovely. I was down in Twickenham earlier. Oh, right, okay, not far, not far. Yeah, whereabouts are you? Ealing. Ealing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think no, I've never, I'll say I've never been, I don't know. <laughs> Take my word for it, it's, it's alright, it's not bad. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. No problem, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. I've been uh, listening to your music. I've got your song on my TV in front of me right now, in fact. Ah. On pause, yeah. <laughs> Ready to go. <laughs> yeah, so tell me uh, tell me a bit about yourself. Who is Francesca, Louise? Well, I am currently based in London. I am a singer-songwriter, folk pop with a soul vocal and yeah I've been in London for the past four or five years studied here studied music here and um, I've kind of stuck around and I'm just working my way through the music scene and just trying to you know spread my music out to as many people as I possibly can really and coming from the north of the UK and coming down to London it's it's been a bit of a bit of a whirlwind uh, to say the least but it's all going good and anywhere that I head over to to play my music it's there's always a nice warm welcome and so it just kind of keeps me going you know keeps me writing my music keeps me working on my craft so yeah that's me kind of in a nutshell. So whereabouts in the north are you from? I'm originally from Lancashire so um, I'm kind of on the cusp of Lancashire and Merseyside so some people think I'm like a scouser and then other people are like oh you a man and I'm like definitely my granddad (laughs) would kill you if you asked me that question my granddad's born and bred scouser he's like no no mancunian in you (laughs) so yeah so it's kind of it was a bit of a culture shock to say the least when I moved down here um and I do miss home how come you moved to London to university yeah yeah simply to study music I it was kind of a a sharp a sharp U-turn 
No, I went to London College of Music. Oh, right. Which is actually okay. in, it's no actually fucking in about Ealing. then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, it was kind of a bit of a whirlwind that as well, you know. I mean, I was supposed to go to uh, Salford Uni in Manchester um, and study popular music and performance and recording there, but um, I'd done all like my grades when I, I. I mean, my first instrument is singing, is is voice, and I've got all my qualifications for that, and I hit my highest qualification with the exam board at the university that I went to and I hadn't even applied to go and they uh, kind of just sent me a letter in the post and said oh hi your education you're like you know if your education levels are good enough when you leave college then you've got a place with us at this uni and I thought shit okay I'm going to London is that, maybe. Like, is that like a scholarship or did you still have to pay <laughs> your own way no yeah I definitely still paid my own way but it was essentially I kind of skipped the queue and I didn't have to do an audition I didn't have to have any interviews I essentially just handed over my college qualifications and they were like okay wicked we'll see nice. you in September so I was like shit okay this is happening <laughs> um so yeah that's how I ended up here really which is kind of crazy because if I hadn't done what I did like my grades and stuff when I was singing I would probably most likely still be in Manchester and Liverpool like rocking around there really you did exactly the same as the lead singer in the band i was in we had a good band to be fair i was uh, i was quite gutted slightly angry that he left but he went to yeah. westminster I yeah think yeah it was westminster he yeah they do, do quite a few things there with music yeah he did he did uh, music there he stayed there for a while so he's done the yeah. same he did the same as you but he's since then he's been all over the world and don't know if he still do music i know he's doing podcast and stuff but oh, yeah that's what i swear i think that's the place to be in england london if you want to do music yeah yeah i mean i get a lot of support like up north I've had a few radio plays and stuff from dave at bbc introducing at merseyside and got you know i know a few people up north but everything i kind of do is more so based in london just trying to break through that part of things first and then make my way around but um yeah it's not too bad it's 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 okay <laughs> awesome so tell me about your music your influences what inspires you well i am a massive Joni mitchell fan massive. i don't know who that is you don't know who Joni mitchell is no i should um, do probably She's one of these artists that only come around every now and again. She's kind of like, I mean, you'd think of putting her in the same category as Prince, but maybe she's even more amazing and incredible than Prince was. I mean, I really should she, know who that is then. She's, oh, she's just unbelievable. She, she was a folk songwriter. Would I know her by music? Yeah. Um, the album Blue. Um, a few people a have case, done one of those. A Case of You. No, I, I will look her up though. Um, yeah, she's. She, you'll know her. I, I'm sure you'll have heard her music. She is just so diverse in what she did, and she she was originally a painter, and then she just started to. She so she was a creative anyway, but then she started to write music, but without rules, without was she, bracket. Was she, was she Irish? Because I get a lot of. Uh, I get some Irish elements in your music. Oh really? No, no, she wasn't Irish. She's from America. Um, Celtic type vibe, but maybe that's yeah. because you you sound all, uh, a little like the cause sometimes. Yeah, do you know what? It's so funny you say that, Richie. Oh my goodness! Do you know me and my dad? I come from a very musical family, and my dad was in a band when he was younger, and then my mum is a musician, a uh, full time musician and a uh, teacher. And my dad, when I was younger, had me taking road trips with him 
like I don't know for a day so you can't really call it a road trip but um <laughs> in England you can because it's so tiny but yeah um, you can <laughs> yeah uh, and we were blast out the cause blast out and I can't remember what album it is now they were a good band I think they're still they going actually wi- yeah they kind of came back again a couple of years ago there they go yeah and I used to sing a lot um, me and my dad used to sing a lot to like the cause and that kind of Irish feel and we loved Westlife as well oh that's so a that's shame. the Irish side of things <laughs> <laughs> um we loved Westlife and that was like the um that's where the Irishness has come from but um I don't know I, I I'm I'm very very kind of folk based and then I've got that soul feel I love Nora Jones um, I love Carol King. So when I go to the piano, I tend to kind of bring out the Carol King side of things. My mum was always listening to Carol King when I was younger. And one of the first songs that she got me to sing was uh, You've Got a Friend, you know. And <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's where, that's kind of where yeah, my music comes from. I think as, as artists, we are a product of our favourite music. And oh God, that, yeah. those those influences you just mentioned, they like Nora Jones. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's good though. Yeah, you know, it's some good influences and folk folk music's a big thing at the moment. I, I feel mm. thanks to mm. people like Mumford and Sons and I don't see I don't see no Mumford and Sons in your work, but I think they helped bring into like folk music. Oh, definitely, definitely. And Kings Leon as well, but I think they're American. Yeah, um, and their older stuff was really like their first couple of albums were so so different to what the most recent albums are like the older albums were more like kind of an indie rock alternative americans are quite good at selling out yeah so this is your sound then this is the sound that you've settled with yeah i mean i all my songs i always have found that when i write depending on what instrument i write with brings out a certain sound a certain structure of a song but I have decided basically that my sound is my voice. And so it doesn't mean that I'm like writing a folk tune and then next minute I'm writing like an R&B track or anything like that. <laughs> I tend to I tend to keep, you know, I keep kind of true to what to what I listen to and to to what I kind of feel works for me as a as a singer. But everything tends to stay in that kind of folk pop bracket really. I've recently written a new tune and it's more upbeat than the rest of them which is amazing (laughs) because i've always tended to write slower kind of like chilled songs you know but uh this this newer upbeat one it's kind of got a bit of um you know i think it's because i've been listening to quite a bit of jade bird recently jade bird she's a folk she's come out of nowhere she literally came out of nowhere she just powered out with that single she's very good though and that's it she's wicked she's uh touring with hoosier at the moment and she just goes up with a guitar and just sings on her own for her set to open for Hosier and and Hosier and she just powers out and everyone's in awe. So she's she's a really good artist. But um yeah, so more recent people that I'm listening to like Jay Bird, um Ferris and Sylvester, they're a new duo who are making their way up the ladder. They're kind of country blues folk songwriter. Yeah. So I stay within that bracket and it's just whether it's more of an upbeat track um, or whether it's more of kind of a, a slower tempo track. It always has the same kind of approach though. I'm always very, like my lyrics are always very true. I always think that you should stick with what you're comfortable with and what you know. Yeah. I think you get a lot of artists and I'm, I always use Charlotte Church as an example. You know, she she mm. had this thing going that she was comfortable with and it worked for her and it made yeah. her who she was. 
And yeah. then she, she obviously felt like she needed to do something else to try and appeal to other people. And she ended up going into pop music and it just didn't work. No. At all. Yeah. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of artists do that all the time. They end up selling out and they end up doing something that's not them. And they end up falling by the wayside. You never hear them again. Yeah, so because stick to what you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I feel as well like when artists start to try to cover other grounds that they're not so comfortable with, I feel like the listener can the listener can hear that. Yeah, like absolutely. When Charlotte, yeah, when Charlotte Church came out with those pop tunes, you just thought, oh, that's no, not this you. Isn't, this isn't you. What are you doing? And I mean, it proved it proved true, didn't it? It's like it all kind of it stopped for her. Lincoln Park when they teamed up with Jay Z just didn't work. Oh yeah. But they pulled back. You know, they pulled back and they yeah. they recovered from that. But I don't think Charlotte Church ever did recover. No, and I I mean I just I don't want to be that artist. I want to be. I just want to try to be as authentic as I possibly can be, which basically is just trying to be me and and just remain and try not to second guess myself and think, oh, no, I shouldn't do that. I should do this because this sells. And no, I should do this because this is... It's difficult, though, when someone starts flashing money in front of you, I should think, actually, yeah, do you know what? I I could be an amazing pop artist. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had conversations with people where they've said, oh, well, have you ever thought of doing this or... I think that there's more space for this in the industry. Why don't you try going down this direction? And I've just, I've had those conversations and I've kind of nodded along in those conversations. And then when I like, in hindsight, when I look back, I think, why would I want to do that? Why would I want a career based on almost, not to sound dramatic, but kind of like a fraudulent version of myself, you know? I think it's easy done, you know, it is money's power, isn't it? And it's it a powerful really thing is. once it's put in front of you. So, so you never know. You know, you might sell you sell out down the <laughs> line, but let, let's hope you don't because your sound is beautiful. Oh, thank and you I so think much. You should, yeah, I really think you should stick with that. It's good. Oh, thank you. I'm really, I'm so pleased with um, the responses I'm getting to the single. It's just, it's so so lovely, and it just gets me excited for the next thing that's going to come and for what more I've kind of got up my sleeve and um to hear what people think of that and I'm just happy putting it out and for such a long time I fought against the idea of putting more music out it took me ages to decide to put birds out I was kind of battling with myself as an artist I'm not good enough and no one wants to hear this and da 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 and then one day I just thought you know what sod this I'm just going to do it because what's the point in leaving it hidden away in a cupboard for no one to hear and I've put it out and it's just kind of I'm so glad I did it because it's given me the motivation and the drive to think to myself okay they like this maybe I can show them what's next maybe I can show them the next kind of progressive step as an artist and see what I get back from that so yeah absolutely excellent um so what is up your sleeve for the rest (laughs) of the year what what do you have planned you got many gigs lined up yeah so I'm actually currently sat trying to regain energy. I've had two nights of so far sounds gigs, one in London with the band and one in Bournemouth last night. And so we've had crazy, I've had like a crazy weekend traveling around. I'm just kind of sat thinking about the other gigs that we've got coming up. And I have a gig in London in May. In April, we've not got anything booked at the moment. But in May, we've got a band slot at this Pizza Express venue now. I don't know if you've heard of the. Well, everyone's heard of Pizza Express, but the. the ha- <laughs> I hope. But they have certain spots in London. Like I think it's one or two. There's one in Hoban, definitely. And then there's one in Soho, I think. And they do unsigned nights or they have 
like professional jazz artists come in like Jamie Collins played and things like that like they have really professional people in and they also promote an unsigned emerging artists and I've played for them before and they're a wicked gig so we're doing that again in May and then we're also doing our first festival as a band we're playing it at How the Light Gets In in Wales in the Maybank holiday as well so I'm really looking forward to that I was looking it up online and they have hat workshops I am so excited <laughs> if I get to make a hat before we go on this before we go on for our set I will be wearing that hat on set like I'm so excited that sounds uh, awesome I'm gonna go myself yeah it's wicked and apparently I was talking to someone at the SoFi London gig and she's from Wales and she said oh um well, you'll really love the area. It's in Hay on Wye. And she said, you'll love the area because people are so like open and and welcoming um, in, in general. Like everyone's lovely. And she said, <laughs> she said, everyone exchanges books. And I went, oh, okay. And she I've said, got Kindle. Been... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, electronic device, maybe. <laughs> um, she said, but not in the way you think. People just, there are book stations everywhere. And people just put a book down and just take one just nonchalantly like it's posting a letter through the letterbox like it's like a normal thing and these book stations are everywhere and the first thing I thought as someone who's lived in London for nearly for like four and a half years I thought gosh do they not have anyone steal those books (laughs) that's the first (laughs) thing I thought but I'm definitely going to take myself a couple of books and do some exchanging so um that's going to be good and then I've got a session with Dave Monks up in Merseyside for um, an acoustic session for the introducing sessions that he does on a Saturday. And that's in May. So bit, May's, a, May's a busy month at the moment. April's kind of like my rest time before <laughs> before May comes in. So um, it's all happening then? Yeah. And then we've got plans for recording some more material. Um, I've been writing quite a, quite a lot recently and, and testing it with audiences and everything seems to be received well. So uh, I'm quite looking forward to getting into the studio and recording some more some more material to put out um yeah so in the meantime it's just prepping for all of that you know awesome i was watching your live well one of your live videos it looked like an open mic type thing i don't know if it was is that how you plan on doing your gigs Can you, you didn't have a backing group did you it was just um no i do i have a i have a band i play with a band did um, you have a band in the video That's really which bad. video was it you um was I just on my own with a guitar with a window behind I think, me? Yeah, I think it, yes, that's the one. Yeah. yeah, that was that was um, that wasn't an open mic. That was a cafe in Ealing. A friend of mine. The funny is mad. The funny thing is, a friend of mine. I lived in Rome for a year. I studied at the jazz school in Rome. Wow. And yeah, it was amazing. Best year of my life. And I met loads and loads of people. Had an incredible time. But there was this one guy who kind of helped me a lot um when I was over there he is a really good jazz and soul artist and he was doing a European tour all off his own back uh he did really really well but he did a couple of slots in London and asked me to play for him so we did one in East London which was like this really busy vibrant bar um called Luna Lounge and then the next night we played this sweet little quiet quaint cafe in Ealing and it was two polar opposites but they were both great gigs but that small quaint cafe is where you saw me on that video okay so 
When you do your future gigs, are you yeah. planning on having like session musicians with you or is it going to be that kind of stripped back, you and a guitar type thing? It depends on the it depends on the gig. So if we get full band gigs, it's always the same people that I play with. So they they they're they're really good to me. They they stick by me, and we play together for the band sessions. It's a four piece, so it's myself and my guitar, my piano player, um, my bass player, and a drummer. Yeah, and so then also you know there are other opportunities to do more stripped back stuff. If that's the case, then it's either me and my guitar, or it's me, my guitar, and my keys player. Right, so is it Francesca Louise or is it the Francesca Louise band or No no <laughs> No it's it's Francesca Louise, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. It's me as an artist and those guys have just happened to wanna to stick around and That's handy. Eggs. Yeah, they're really good eggs, they're lovely. Yeah. Nice. So if our listeners want to get hold of you, if they wanna to listen to your work, <laughs> if they wanna to speak to you even, uh, have you your socials, have you got like your Facebooks and everything? Yep, I've got my, well, the probably the easiest thing to do is to go to my website, which is francescaluisemusic.com. And then from there, you can find all my socials. I have like a newsletter as well that I like to update my listeners with anything that I'm doing or that I have done. And you can sign up for it on the website. So there are plenty of ways to kind of communicate with me. And I really like to always communicate with the people that listen to me as well that listen to my music because at the end of the day if I didn't have anyone listening to my music then I wouldn't really be able to carry on doing what I'm doing <laughs> so I just love to chat to people and and get to know them and where they've come from and you know why they enjoy my music and um, what else they listen to and and things like that so it's just a really good way for me especially that newsletter it's just a good way for me to connect with the people that are interested excellent so i'm gonna play your song now okay. birds <laughs> yeah well thank you for joining us Ah, uh, thank you so thank you so so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure so th- this is francesca louise with her song birds <laughs>
That was Francesca Louise with her song Birds. I like Francesca Louise. She seems like a hoot. What do you think, Wayne? Yeah, she's good. She's fun. Don't want to get involved in a musical conversation with her because she'll wrap you up in ribbons. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having her on the show. She'll be interesting. She's going to expose us really bad for the frauds we are. Yeah. <laughs> you know this one. You, you listen to this yeah, one, Yeah, I've had to listen to this one. Yeah, <clears throat> I liked it. It was, um, yeah, I was thinking I was getting a bit of the cranberries from it. Mm. Mm. Not so much music. Her vocal sounded a lot like Dolores. What's her name? The one who died. Is Dolores? <laughs> Something yeah. like that. She's yeah. a bit. She's a bit more. Uh, she had a bit more grit to her. Yeah, she? yeah. She's a little bit, little bit more, more gravity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I said. I said in the interview. Was it? Was it her that I said she sounded like the cause? Yeah. Yeah. So it's both Irish, aren't they? Yeah. You see, see, Wayne was saying the cause to me, and I wasn't really getting that. I was like, vocally, yes, a bit, but musically, mm. no, I couldn't really see that. But uh, musically, I was, uh, I, I was comparing it uh, a lot to that uh, incredible Pink song, um, a very famous one. I had it in the car. Uh, what about us? Mm. I was getting, from the piano intro. It kind of it made, yeah, me, yeah. Made, made me think of that. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll bum off that song. So, <laughs> you know, it's a recommendation. <clears throat> yeah. I, 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 sorry, I agree with what you said about the cause. In fact, I, when before you said it, I was when I played the song, I was like, oh, "I'm getting the cause from this." I mean, it's very delicate, it's light, and it's got minimal in, instrumentation. And I, I feel that that's targeted. It's, it's, it's designed to do that so it highlights her vocal because her, her vocal is beautiful. Um, yeah, it's right in there. It, 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 I think that she'd she'd break your heart live with this song. That's the way I feel. I think she'd she'd emote it. I don't know, judging by my past experience, I'd probably break her heart first. <laughs> I think that was the pink thing I was getting. It was very sort of epic and soundscape. Yeah. It was like, a, I watched uh, Star is Born last night. Absolutely incredible film. But a few of the numbers on that, I was kind of getting, it's that epic piano-driven rock sound. Yeah. It was, uh, I'd have gone the other way with with, with uh, Francesca Louise. I'd have said that the more delicate and quiet it becomes, the more she'd get under your skin. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bit too much you production. Say, you say that I came I across, I came across like a bit work. nasty then when he said was it? that. It wasn't meant to be nasty at all. That, that's how songs like that work, though. It's mm. like it's all carried with a powerful vocal. It's mm. like, like say, minimal instrumentation underneath. Just a yeah. piano, that's all you need. Yeah. It's like, you know, never forget Adele's performance where she, she did that, that song just with her yeah. and the piano. And it's like, you don't I, need a lot of stuff going on in the background if you if you've got a powerful voice. I said song. to Pellimounter, Ralph Pellimounter, in his interview that a lot of artists won't do the whole strip back thing because they get scared, they feel vulnerable, they feel too exposed, and they need that loud sound behind them to almost cover their flaws. I think the fact that she can strip it back and you know she's not scared. Mm. Just goes to show that she is actually talented. I think the second, uh, yeah, the second half of the song. I was saying to, to Neil, I got a Jimmy Eat World vibe from it. I got the um, <laughs> Hear You Me, which is their delicate lullaby type song, and I got that from it. I think maybe the chord structure may be the same. I'm not sure. It's very similar. Angels by Jimmy Eat World. That's just kind of. Yeah, Hear You Me. That's what it's called. Is that, is that yeah, that's what it's called. Song, yeah. yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. Mm, yeah, definitely. Maybe a bit too much production on a voice. I think it's because it's, it's bang on, and I know. I know. Yeah, I don't. Th- I think I agree. I don't think she needed to put any production on the voice. No. To be fair, maybe at most a little bit of a reverb mm. because it's got that Celt- like I say, it's got yeah. that Celtic vibe about it. But no, I, I agree. The voice is standalone. It didn't need anything. It's very good though. Either way, yes, very good. And she's a, she's a good guest. She's a, it's a good interview. 
So yes, that was Francesca Louise with her song Birds. Moving on to our next artist, our next artist who is Alex Sid and his song One Way Road. Hello Alex Sid and welcome to You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, Thanks for the invite. Great to be here with you. It's good to have you, it's good to have you. I've been listening to a lot of music today, lots of music and... uh, when you listen to so much music, a lot of it seems to blend into one, if you like, and occasionally something stands out, and yours is one of the few that stood out today. So I was glad that you agreed to come on. Thank you, thank you. It's great to be here. I'm. This is the first uh, song from the album that I'm preparing, that I uh, released on Spotify and everywhere, and... Uh, so more is coming. It's great that you gave me this opportunity. No, no problem. It's our pleasure. So tell me a bit, bit about Alex Sid. Who, who are you? What's your story? I'm Alex Sid. I was, uh, I was born in Greece. Um, uh, I studied and worked for many years in uh, in the UK till a, till a few years back that I started uh, coming back to Greece more often. All these years I've been playing music, I've been involved in films mainly as a sound mixer, a sound designer, slowly getting into the music, uh, composing uh, a you know, scores and through the years I've gathered a lot of songs that I've written myself or with uh, other people. One of these people is Tom Astley that co-written some of the songs in the album that is coming up. So basically the time came to that we have we have something like uh, 15 songs or or possibly actually more that uh, we said these are the, these are good for an album. This is in very very short my <laughs> this is me. So you've got an album coming out, do you? Yes, uh, it's coming out in the next couple of months, one to two months, uh, depending on how quickly we do the mixes and the mastering and all that. So basically everything is produced, uh, we're in the last stage. Awesome. The song that I've been listening to was One Way Road. Yes, that's right. Yeah, there's a lot going on with that. So that's not just you, is it? There's a, you've got people working with you on that song. Um, actually, the the only person that is involved right in this track is uh, the trumpet player that we invited in the studio. Everything else is uh, just myself, really. That's it at the moment. No, that's, that, that's quite amazing. You, your experience within the music industry shines through because there's a wealth of experience that seems to emanate through your work. You said you've worked in movies, and uh, it's funny. It's funny you should say that because when I listen to it, I can almost picture it being in a western. That's really nice uh, to hear. It's, it's like so, a lot of people have said that about this track that um, it could be. Um, um, a lot of people have said that uh, it brings them to kind of Morricone kind of uh, soundtrack vibe or uh, Tarantino or uh, this kind of Western. Yeah, but then so I, was get, I was getting a bit of Tarantino from me. It's not. I think uh, everybody's influenced uh, from people yeah. from from great musics around the world, and uh, it's uh, somehow this melody kind of has stayed with me for a few years that it made it into in this song. I also got um, the start of it when you're whistling. Yes. It put me in mind of the song uh, Wind of Change by the Scorpions. I don't know if you know that one. <laughs> yes, I, well, I, I remember it. Um, I remember watching it on MTV when I was, when I was really little. <laughs> really nice sound. You probably did it even better than the Scorpions did, to be fair. <laughs> I always thought his uh, whistle sounds amazing, actually. I always thought, is that real? Is that a real whistle? <laughs> it, did sound, it did sound like manufactured, didn't it? Well, I don't know. It's just 
when it, when something sounds so you know the key and the tuning and everything sounds so perfect and the sound is you sometimes start wondering but of course I, of course it's real of course it's real yeah <laughs> there's people that do it so well that you think it's fake so um, you're obviously a multi-instrumentalist then so you've done most of the instruments on the track and probably yes. on the album um, yes, I'm trying to involve uh, uh, people, as, you know, as many people as possible. I have a contrabass player that has played a few uh, in a couple of tracks, uh, a trumpet player, uh, another bass player, uh, some people singing sometimes, but mainly it's uh, it's me actually. So when so when you go to do gigs <laughs> or if you go to do live events, what will you take session players with you then? Um, okay. I have to say, okay, I'm saying this, most of it is me, but I'd, I'm not actually happy about this. I really want to have a, a band and uh, and start playing live, so I, re- I want other people to be involved in this, but it's just that, um, I don't know, I just started this project by myself, and because uh, I was in the UK, and then we moved back to Greece, in, a pl- in the, or not in the place that I grew up in, so it takes time to yeah, meet uh, other musicians and get involved you know it so that's that's why i started on my own i would i would love to have my best buddies from london to play with me in a band it would be amazing but it's just not possible although it is possible to do online nowadays to do collaborations over various platforms that you can send stuff uh, over they can record something send it back it is we're trying to do that as well so you'd like to You'd like to do some shows in in the future, then? Absolutely, yes. Obviously, you've got the album coming out within the next yeah. few months. What else does the rest of the year hold for you? It's uh, it's quite exciting this year, actually. I'm uh, I'm writing the music for a feature film. Uh, it's called e- Echoes of the Past, and it's a quite a nice production here in Greece. This is a this is going to take a few months of my my life. Here, probably like till the end of the summer and this is this, this actually the album the film and having two kids is actually a quite full-on schedule <laughs> yeah yeah it is i've got a kid and trying to mix the podcast with family life and everything work and I, yeah i understand I was I was thinking so so I was thinking what will happen if my little one wakes up and walk walks into the interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's happened to me. Luckily, uh, I can edit all that out. Yeah. All right. So socials. If if our listeners want to listen to you or get hold of you, do you have like social media and streaming streaming like Spotify and all that? Um, we are. I'm on, I'm on Spotify and uh, all the uh, streaming available. You know everything. We just we just done one. Uh, I've just done it with CD Baby. I released a song everywhere. I don't know. It just sends you to you know more than a hundred places. And we are on Facebook and Twitter. I have a website that I have the the address on uh, on these social media sites trying to I'm trying to you know to involve uh, to promote it on Twitter so I'm doing little videos every now and then well if you send over all your credentials all your social medias and all your streaming I think I've got some of them we'll put it all in the show notes anyway so people can get hold of you great that'd be amazing so uh, well thank you for joining me it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Oh, great! Thank you. Yes, it's. A, I just wanted to say it's a pleasure to be to be here with you, and uh, it's uh, it's my first interview. I'm really happy about it. Well, it's an absolute pleasure. So I'm going to play your song now. 
This is Alex Sid with his song One Way Road. <laughs>
that was Alex Sid and One Way Road. I liked this guy a lot. I did, yeah. Did you like this guy, Wayne? I did. Did you like his music? You I gay. did. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne is one of the gays. <laughs> oh, okay, so, so what did you think, Wayne? Uh, yeah, uh, so you mentioned in the interview about uh, the the Western vibe to it. Now, that's the first thing I thought was any Morricone. The first time it was yeah, played, I, was I, I got it straight away. That the whole, you know, Tijuana trumpet sound with the whistle, it's 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 the Man With No Name trilogy by Sergio Leone and music by Ennio Morricone. And after that, <clears throat> I found it went into like a 90s sort of grungy vibe. And stick with me with this, because he, he sounds very Chris Cornell. That's what I got from his voice. And it's sort of, if if Soundgarden did a, a stripped back sort of version. Well, in fact, Audio Slave, when, when they did the stuff with Audio Slave, it's in that Relaves. It's there with that. I thought it was a really good song. Was, I like the lyrics to it. I like the flow of the song. The instrumentation in it. I mean, throwing a T1 a trumpet in there can be a hit and a miss. And he obviously, it's always going to be, like you know, like we picked out, it's always going to be uh, references like the Westerns and things like that. But it really works. It really does. You know, there's no point that have I thought, I'm not really into this song. It got me straight away. It grabs you and, and takes you with it. It's a really, really good song. I can't really add to that. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's a fantastic song. It's, um, it does sound like a soundtrack, but he did say in his interviews, that's something he he, he does. Mm. Uh, he works a lot on soundtracks and movies. Is it movies? Yeah, he's, yeah, got, he's, he's got, got one coming up, hasn't one, he? Yeah, he's got one a, out, a coming out this Greek year. film. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got um, some proper experienced musicians on this week. Uh, did did you have anything to add about that song, Neil? Not really. Like you said, we've said it all, really. I mean, Wayne pretty much covered it. Beautiful song, very atmospheric, very well produced, and yeah, I liked it a lot. I really like that Latin chorus towards the end, like mm. the, the, the last section, when you get that... I really like that. I, when, I, when I listen to it, I, I envision a chain... In the in in like the in the sands with the horses chasing it, like some sort of chase, and then gonna, they're going to jump off the horses onto the chain and rob it or something. <laughs> yeah. It did feel like it should be on a film set. So. Yeah, yeah, but that's not to take away from him. I mean, yeah, he's. There's a reason why I sat here and I know Ennio Morricone is. So if he's stealing from the same, well, not stealing. Yeah. That's wrong. Stealing's wrong. Epic. I think that's the yeah. word we're looking if for. It had a very epic sound. Yes. Yeah. If yeah. he's borrowing from people like Ennio Morricone, then why not? Because he's still known today. So, yeah. Good song. Yes, I agree. Good Fantastic. interview as well. Moving on swiftly to our next artist, who is the one and only Ralph Pellymounter. And uh, he's bringing, well, he's brought his song, Wild Beast. So this is the conversation I had with him and his song, Wild Beast. Have a listen. Hello and welcome to the show, Ralph. Pellymounter, is it? Yeah, Pellymounter. Well, well pronounced. That's good. <laughs> that's that's a new one on me. That is. Uh, where, where's that come from? Um, so it's a Cornish surname. There's a, there's actually a little village called Pellymounter. We presume it it came from there, basically. You presume. We presume, yeah. It goes back some time. Yeah, we've got a very sad-looking little coat of arms and stuff like that as well. Oh, uh, right. A little little strange bird on it but uh yeah but i mean i think it i think it was probably a long time back (laughs) 
Okay, so tell me, who is Ralph Pellimounter? Um, well, so, I mean, I've been making music for quite a long time, but previously uh, with a group called To Kill a King. And then this is my first venture doing something by myself under my own name. Just had two releases now. I, I've done them under my, also my own label too, which is called Tequila King Records. A bit of a play on the Tequila King thing. With this new album, I suppose I've been going in a bit of a different direction to the previous band. It's all quite like short, snappy songs. I wanted it, so it's like 14 tracks, but it's only about 30 minutes long, the whole record. But it kind of just flows from one to the another quite nicely. Um, almost like you're sort of stepping into sort of different rooms and that. But it's, I mean, there's a lot of strings being used there, lots of brass and stuff, and uh, also a lot of switching between these sort of big, like these like lo-fi moments into then suddenly big orchestral things, which I, I enjoy doing. Cool, cool, cool. So tell me about these two tracks that I've been listening to on Spotify. So the the two tracks that are out now are Lardy Dar and Wild Beast, which show off a little little of the sides of it because um, I think Lardy Dar is quite playful and. I kind of feel like it could it could be on like a you know like like a coming of age indie movie or something like that you know like Napoleon Dynamite or something uh wherefore I think Wild Beast is quite heavy and blast from straight in the off you know Yeah I've been listening to your music over the past couple of days I think that's well obviously that's why we had you on the podcast in yeah. the first place cuz I really like your sound it's very dynamic sound I find puts me in mind of Bastille a bit and Imagine Dragons slightly as well. Oh yeah, and that's, that's that kind that kind of sound. Yeah, you said yeah. that you've got like a your brass and your strings. Is mm. it synthesizer strings and brass or no. is it real? So we we recorded the whole album over ten days in the summer. I basically called in every favor from every musician that I kind of really liked to kind of come in. So it's uh, I also kind of wanted to step away from using any synth stuff because. To Kill a King, we use it's a mix of guitars and synths on that, so I wanted it to all be real instruments for this one. So we got in a couple of brass players and a, a string section, and yeah, it was really fun. Because obviously, a lot of the bands that try to produce that kind of sound, as you probably well know, have to use a lot of synth. They don't have yeah. to; it's just they do. Just it kind of it kind of takes away from the sound. Yeah, I think that's why you've got a more full-rounded, organic sound. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, that and also working with uh, a really excellent producer, Geffen Pearson. Me and him, we did the last To Kill a King album together, but then also we've done various writing projects, so we've known each other for a while now. But it was great working with him, because I, I think if I'd have tried to step in to do this one with such a limited time, without someone that I knew and really trusted, it might have been an impossible task, you know? But I just knew that he was... He'd get everything sorted and knew that sort of sound. Like with that Wild Beast, you know, the big sort of drone that keeps on coming. Uh, with that one, where it's just brass, strings, bass, and basically everything all, all on the one note. Just knowing that he'd get what, what I was after with that, if you know what I mean. So, this being your project, did you fully compose everything on this album? Uh, yeah, although with this one it was sort of, basically I had the, the loose form of the demos but then we'd have musicians come in and then I'd sort of talk them through what I was wanting because, I mean, it's just a, a fast way but also I don't really, I didn't like notate everything down it was more bring people in and get them to record along You t- you gave them direction and let them, yeah. yeah Yeah, or like sing along parts or pick them out on the guitar, that sort of thing and then, you know, 
it would go back and forth. Important, I think, as well, to have good chemistry with the musicians, because otherwise, you know, you're struggling for ages to get the sound you want, because they don't understand you, and they don't understand your music. And I think uh, that comes out in your music. You obviously have good chemistry with them. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I felt very fortunate to have so many absolutely amazing musicians playing on it. It's funny that you mentioned um, Bastille, actually, because Dan Smith from Bastille played piano on the Wild Beast tune. Oh, right, excellent. Uh, so, yeah, maybe maybe it seeped through in the piano parts, who knows? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so, will you be releasing the full album in stages, or are you going to release it all in one go? It's all go now, so basically Wild Beast just come out, and then I've got a couple more singles, but we've just announced yesterday that the album's coming out on the 24th of May. I was like, what, what's the date? I've got to get the date right, yeah, 24th of May. So it's all it's all kind of go now. All right, awesome. And obviously, because you've got a lot of musicians that you called in for the recording, how is that going to work if you decide to play live? Well, well, the way that I've got it in my head, and I'm hoping it's going to work, we actually head off on our first tour next week. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of a group called Casting Cobblers Club, have you? I haven't, but I'll be happy oh, to check them out. They, they're really good. So they, they supported Killer King on a few of our, our tours, and they're like wonderful like folk music stuff. They're reminiscent of people a bit like Bellowhead or something like that, you know? Okay. Um, like taking folky. folk music, folky, but pushing it into another area, you know? Um, yeah. Anyway, really, really good. Um, but So for that tour, it's just going to be me and a mandolin player. So we're going to keep it really stripped back. Okay, really acoustic. Really acoustic, lots of harmonies and stuff like that. Um, and the plan is to do some shows like that. But then also, I've got my first headline show on the 4th of June in London. And with that one, we're going to have, we'll have some brass, we're going to have trumpet player, drums, keys, uh, some lap steel guitar, mandolin and bass, so it'll be more of a big, full, full outfit. That sounds awesome, sounds really awesome. And I think it's brilliant that you're willing to strip it back as well and do the acoustic side of it, because there's a lot of people that won't do that, because I think they feel vulnerable a bit, it makes them feel too open and I think they like the sounds, they like all the, the instruments and the, the big sound to cover their flaws almost sometimes. Yeah, so yeah, I commend you for that. You'll have to send us uh, some of your, your dates over and venues because oh, me and yeah, the boys have be. been trying to get out a bit more to some of the gigs. Yeah, 100%. And I think you'd um, enjoy Kesten Cobblers because they're a really good group. I think also with this one, in the reason why I want to be able to play it in different different outfits and different arrangements of musicians is because it means that you can kind of do more opportunities like if you're able to just go along and play by yourself or with you and one other person rather than needing the whole band then it just means that you can do more things I, I don't think Keston Cobblers would have necessarily wanted us on tour with them next month if I had brought a whole band with me because I think it just just slows down everything with setting up and that sort of stuff so um, and also just in terms of cost it means it's a completely do... different sound as well if uh, yeah. Williams... By, by what you were saying, I, I don't know if um, they'd feel comfortable doing a whole tour. Yeah, might be a bit too rocky for them. <laughs> so, uh, socials, if our listeners want to get hold of you, listen to you, talk to you, where can they find you? Um, so, I'm R. Pellymounter. Pellymounter is a bit difficult to spell, but P E L L E Y M O U N T. It's how it sounds. How it sounds. There's an extra E that sometimes people. I've put. I've missed out the E, haven't I, on the. Um... The this... EY, maybe. Yeah, I have, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so it's just, yeah, our Pellymount and all the ones like Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, all those ones. And uh, 
yeah come come say hello uh, and find us on on spotify and stuff that'd be great awesome and obviously we'll put those in the show notes so people can just click on them and uh, be directed to you yeah wonderful excellent so well uh, which song are we gonna play uh, I mean, it's. I, I'd probably go. For Wild Beast is the latest one out. If that's if that's cool with you, but that's I mean, fine. You know, that's fine. Cool. Uh, to be fair, uh, the reason I ask is usually I choose them, but uh, I was torn between the two because they're both really good songs. So uh, I'll leave it to you. So yeah, Wild Beast it is then. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. Cheers, mate. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the support. That's great. Absolutely our pleasure. It's been great having you on. So this is Ralph Pellimonta and this is his song, Wild Beasts.
So that was Ralph Pelimonta and Wild Beast. This is a difficult one for me because I didn't realise who he was until you pointed him out, Wayne, and it's quite embarrassing. The bloke is practically famous. Practically, yeah, practically. I mean, yeah, he's he, he's the backing vocal on one of, I think it was Song of the Year 2014. That that's massive. Probably mm. had over a hundred million <coughs> listens. So yeah. What song was it, Rich? Uh, Pompeii. By Bastille. By Bastille. Got, dra- got a name drop now. You just got, you know, you could do your half. But I feel bad though because he went out his way to make sure that I didn't know that. Because he's. He wanted you to go away and do his do your research. No, he, I, I'll tell you exactly why he did it because he doesn't want to be. Pigeonhole without exactly what we're doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my relationship with this song is a bit different because for four days I was listening to La Da, which is another one of Ralph. Did uh, I send that one over? Yes, you did. And then song. I listened to the interview, luckily enough, and he said, no, let's bring Wild Beast. So for the last two days I've been listening to Wild Beast. I think the Wild Beast was <clears> uh, on the spot decision while in doing the interview. Right. But La Da is a good song. They're both, they're both really good, yeah. They're yeah. both really good songs. It's a very cur- current song. Yes, it uh, is. Very, very in the now. It put me That's, in mind. Oh, it surprised me that everything's live instruments. I, I somehow in my head thought it sounded quite synthesised. But the fact that he's used all live instruments... Can, ov- yeah, obviously, there's a, there's, a, there's a bit of keys in there, obviously, but... I'll tell you what the problem is. It's because of the crossover we've got now in the music world where everything is synthesised and everything is just, you know, that when you come across somebody like Ralph and he does things live and tries to do it as it sounds, the synthesizers have caught up so much and, and the way music is played and, and sequenced that you can't really tell anymore. You say that, but listening to it back after I realised you can you can tell, it, it's, a, it's a more bold sound, it's a more rounded sound, it's a more, it's more full, it's more, it feels more organic but mm. it took me to to realize but yeah it does it just it's like if I, compared to a lot of the stuff that's in the charts now that's mainly in yeah, yeah. he put me in mind of uh, i can't tell you the name of the damn song which is called run boy uh, the name of the artist is called run boy run Rum, um something kid yeah it's uh but that called, song you yeah. know digga 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 ding ding the, yeah. the heavy bass and drums it put me in mind of that it's got a lovely drama about it the, the way it, it starts and just goes announces what it's going to do it's going to it's going to be bold and brash and it's going to pull you with it yeah that's why I, th- mm. I thought Imagine Dragons because they have that same kind of yeah I think again Imagine Dragons from it and he got that, that hook straight away yeah and again very good interview yes he's a, n- a nice guy and the fact that he didn't want to n- name drop and he want you know this is mm. I, don't, I think it says a, a lot about him as well because if it was me I'd have been well Bastille this, Bastille that, been all over that, done this with Bastille, Bastille. Yeah, I think he mentioned it once, then once because he happens to have the uh, the keyboardist. I've listened to, to some Killer King, they're very good. They are, yeah, I've had to listen to those, but um, obviously this isn't about them, he wants to, this is his project, is it? Yeah, so. Yeah. Let's not pigeonhole him in... <clears throat> no, it's, it's interesting yeah. he wants to branch out on his uh, on his own. He's obviously got a musical vision that he wants to do. And the two songs that I've listened to, so this and La-di-da, so World Beast and La-di-da, they couldn't be more polar opposite. You know, you've got the drama and, and the non-commercial side of Wild Beast mixed with lyrics and, and the way it, 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 it flows from the big epic bassy drum bits into the, the verses. And then you get to La-di-da, which is... A full-on sort of pop indie song, you know, and it's got that hooky. Do, 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 do. You have to check that out, otherwise you just—it's me doing that in the studio. It's not good. <laughs> um, so he's obviously branching out, and he obviously wants to do 
music that's in in his head that he wants to do that's not in keeping with To Kill a King. You know, more respect to him for doing that. A lot of artists do it, but not all of them pull it off. But I think he's got it in him to do it. Yeah, I believe so. So yes, there you go. That was Ralph Pellymounter and his song, Wall Beasts. So our next artist is Evelyn Laurie and her song, I Love Your Smile. <laughs> From the album, A Bit Of Me. From the album, A Bit Of Her. So this is my conversation with her and her song. Hello, Evelyn Laurie, and welcome to You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast. How are you? I'm very well, Richie. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, our pleasure. Really glad to have you on the show, and I'm glad you responded to our invite, to be fair, because I really love your music. Oh, so pleased. I'm so pleased. I've been listening to you the past few days, and I think, a bit like Jamie Cullum, you've, you've somehow managed to make your music accessible to more people, I think. Oh, do you know, that's really good to hear that, because that's what I was aiming for. Because as you say, I mean, often when you say jazz to people, you just kind of see the eyes glaze over. <laughs> and, you know, and it's just that when you're putting a, a record out, you've got to put it into some genre. But, you know, music is music. You know, you either like it or you don't. So, yeah, I wanted to appeal to a broader range of people. It's good, it's good. And I think you're achieving it as well. So tell me, who is Evelyn Laurie? What are you all about? What's your story, if you like? So I'm from Paisley in Scotland, which is um, quite near Glasgow, uh, although famous for the Paisley pattern. And uh, I've probably been singing since I can remember, uh, since I was four anyway, singing all my life. But it was only about 14 or so years ago, I went to a a jazz vocal workshop and I really kind of got hooked on, well, going to workshops and then just singing jazz and working with uh, great musicians. So I started doing some little gigs and then sort of bigger gigs and uh, it's taken me a while to finally get around to to making my first album um, because the music was always kind of my hobby, if you like, because I had a day job. I used to work as a marketing consultant. So now I've just kind of decided to focus on the music and just enjoy doing it. Awesome. And the band that you use do you co-write your music with the band or do you write all your music or is your band a session band how how does that work yeah yeah these musicians the musicians i recorded with are uh, they worked on a session basis and as i say i wanted to work with them some of the best in scotland so i was really lucky to be able to to work with these guys and on the album there's only three songs that are original the others are covers um and the, but the ones that I wrote, I wrote myself, which is a bit difficult because I don't actually write music. <laughs> so although I came up with the tunes and the words, uh, you know, I actually have to get someone else to write them down <laughs> for me. So, yeah, <laughs> that's well, the way they, it goes. they blend in really well with the rest of the album. I don't think anybody would notice that you struggle writing music. I think it might have been one of your original songs that caught my attention in the first place actually oh yeah what one was that ah you've put me on the spot now uh remind me which of the three are your own um i love your smile uh in the dark that that one that one which i I do i didn't want to say just in case it wasn't your own i love love your smile yeah oh really that's really interesting that's great that you like that one that was written from my husband (laughs) okay so what do you have planned for this year like gigs and album any more albums any more singles so um i'm 
I've had a couple of gigs and I, I'm now a, I'm, I've got so many kind of half written songs that I'm going to really sort of focus on pulling these together and getting them finished. I'm, I'm writing a show um, about two famous jazz personalities, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of under wraps at the moment. So I hope when I've got that uh, ready that I can take that maybe to some festivals. Or certainly I want to get performing opportunities for that. And also I do hope to record more before the end of the year. It's just a matter of fitting everything in, really. <laughs> I hope your music gets out there, to be honest, because I think the world needs some more jazz. It's oh, just, that's good. I, I don't think it's people don't like it. I don't think people take the time to appreciate it. I think it's like certain people, like myself, when people meet me for the first time they don't usually like me but as they get to know <laughs> as they get to know me and get to know my personality and my, you know my character traits they generally start to like me and i think that's the same with jazz if you just listen to it for the first time and don't take time out to understand it you're not going to like it and i think that's what i think jazz needs time you know you need to learn to like jazz yeah and i think um some people think it's going to be really kind of like avant-garde free form, you know, uh, improvisation. But then if you say to them, well, do you like Frank Sinatra? Or do you like uh, Ella Fitzgerald? They say, oh yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, that's all jazz too. It's such a broad, broad um, sort of genre of music, really. I think when you look at music today, and if you, you date it all back, jazz artists in the you know, the 30s, the 40s, even further back. They all have influenced the music we listen to today in one form or another, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, they were the pop artists of the day, weren't they? Of course, yeah. So, socials, if our listeners want to go out there and find you, listen to you, or chat to you, on, where, where, can they, where can they find you? So, well, I'm on Twitter, and uh, my Twitter handle is at RedEvelyn which doesn't necessarily mean anything to do with my politics, but that used to be the name of my marketing business. <laughs> uh, so I'm also on Facebook, Evelyn Laurie Music, and I have a website, uh, com, and Laurie is spelt L-A-U-R-I-E. And of course the album is on all the usual platforms. It's on Amazon and iTunes and Spotify. <laughs> Excellent. People don't really like artists. Don't really like Spotify because uh, it doesn't make no money. money. <laughs> no, it's really bad. But it's but it's just good if people get a chance to hear the music. I mean, that's really the main thing. Yeah, I think it's necessary to get your music out there more than anything else because yeah. yeah. a lot of people use it. So if it's okay with you, I'm going to play your song. I love your smile. Excellent. But before I do that, I would just like to say thank you for joining us on the show today. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thanks, Richie. It's been great chatting. Awesome. So, okay, without further ado then, this is Evelyn Laurie with I Love Your Smile. I love your smile. I love the way your eyes sparkle and dance. I love your smile, it always makes me think of romance And if you share your smile and stay a while with me How happy I would be Don't ever change your smile, don't ever lose your style Just stay, 
the way you're meant to be. I love your charm, your witty words, your flirty, funny ways. I love your charm, it thrills my nights and lightens all my days. If you choose your charm to keep me on your arm, you'd see how happy we would be. Your smile, your style, your charm, there'll be no false alarm. In love together, you and me, I love your smile. Okay, so that was Evelyn Laurie with her song, Something About a Smile. I love your smile. I love your smile. I thought it was I like your smile. I love your smile. Do you love or like? Love. Yeah, I was right. So that was Evelyn Laurie with her song, I Love Your Smile. I'm glad I brought this song because I'm, I feel that jazz gets a bad press and it gets put to the side on in, in this on our platform, if you like, on our, our podcasts. And we try to be non-genre specific. And I think jazz is a difficult one because you can't just listen to... Well, you can, once you understand it, I suppose. But for somebody who doesn't know jazz, you can't just sit down and enjoy it. You have to understand jazz first. And I said, I think I said all this in the, in the interview. But I like this song. It's a, it's a beautiful song. It's a nice song. It's, um, what did you think of this song, Wayne? So, you sent it over. And uh, I saw that it was jazz. 
from uh, the description. I saw the title of the song, I Love Your Smile, and I thought, is this going to be a reworking of that 80s song? That, uh, in fact, I think it's 90s, that's Shanice, I Love Your Smile. Remember mm. that one? Do, 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 that one. I do know Nave Humber. Oh, yeah. that, yeah. that, um, that, 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 forgotten, that forgotten classic. That forgotten <laughs> classic, absolutely. And, um... So I thought, okay, this is going to be different because the first thing I thought was, I wonder if Rich realises that it's a cover. So I put it on and went, oh shit, it's not a cover at all. It's someone completely new into the world. Um, the first thing I got straight away was, okay, it's jazz. Wow. Uh, you know, um, and of late I've been trying to broaden my horizon and I've, I've been going through as many different albums as I possibly can. And the instrumentation and the way the song is structured puts me in mind of Duke Ellington. Uh, he's a famous jazz artist from like the 50s and the 60s. The way it, there's many different forms of jazz, which I didn't realise. So it's the same as any genre. You've got different yeah. forms of rock, pop, jazz. So, exactly, I didn't know this. So you got jazz, like, jazz score. So you got like... Bebop. You go with um, something like Charles Mingus, who's a bit... It's, it's quite dramatic, and you'd imagine it in like a noir film. You noir! <laughs> I knew you were going to do that now before <laughs> even... <laughs> that sort of thing is quite dramatic, and it, it doesn't sort of follow a... A set pattern. This is quite swingy. This is quite swing jazz, this one. And uh, I loved it straight away. I, I thought it was really, really good. As soon as you started singing, put me in mind of somebody like uh, Billie Holiday or um, Ella Fitzgerald, somebody like that. And I'm sure she'd be stoked to, that I'm comparing it to people like that. But it was really good. It was really nice. I thought the middle section of the song, where you get the, um, it might be clarinet, I'm not sure, solo, was, was brilliantly done. Probably sax, wasn't it? I can't remember. Probably been an alto sax. Not an alto, a uh, soprano sax. If this turned up on a contemporary jazz art, jazz, jazz playlist or a jazz uh, album, it'd fit perfectly. It could be easily, if, if you're not familiar with jazz, this could easily be a jazz standard. That's the way I felt about it. It yeah, all the box. It, it wouldn't be out of place on a, an, any jazz album. I, I, well, I saw Kamashi Washington uh, last, last year and I thought he was fantastic. And I only know one song of his because he's got lyrics in it. If you played me a, a Kamasi Washington song, I don't think I'll be able to tell it unless it was that one. See, I, I, I think it's about learning learn artists and their styles. It's like I was I was working in King's Cross and there's a one of those old record shops with vinyls all over the place and I was walking past and I heard a piece of jazz and I thought, I'm going to pop my head in and I'm going to hazard a guess because it sounds like what I think it is. And if I'm right, I'm going to look like I'm intelligent. But if I'm wrong, the person's going to think, oh, he obviously still knows what he's on about. But I, I said, is that Miles Davis? And he just happened to have the, the album cover in his, in his hand and he showed me, yes, yeah, it's Miles Davis. So I think it, it, you can, you can recognise certain jazz artists even without the, the songs, especially Miles Davis. He stands yeah. out a mile. He's very, he's very soundtracky. But like you say, it's something you have to persevere with. It's something you have to... You can't just sit... Well, you can, you can just sit down and listen to it, but jazz is something that needs to be... Absorbed. Absorbed. Embedded. But saying that, though, like I said in the interview with um, Evelyn, with Evelyn, she she's made it... She's done a bit of a Jamie Cullum thing where she's made it accessible to people outside the jazz circle. So... Other people can enjoy it as well, I think. Yeah, it's very loungy, this is. You know? Yes, very loungy. Yeah. It's go down very well in a coffee shop. I was thinking like one of those old, you know, speakeasy type places, you know, sit around the table with the, the candle on and they bring you a scotch on the rocks, even though you don't drink scotch on the rocks, that's all they sell, that sort of thing, you know, and she's up there in a glamorous dress. So that's the picture she painted with the but song. that was the image I was getting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely like, yeah. Sort of like a boardwalk empire type. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, speakeasy with that, you know. 
There you go then. You walk up to the door, knock the door, and they open the door and go, what's the password? And you go, you haven't heard this music podcast. And they let you in and you go and sit down. And they bring you some moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. Now, now, now you painted the picture. So and then yeah. the cops come and raid you and they pin you up against the wall and they go, you, you're going down. And you go, You'll never take me alive, copper. Can I just say, <laughs> you may want to edit this out, but uh, oh, I fucking hate jazz with a passion. We know you hate jazz with a passion because every time we play a jazz song, you say, I fucking hate jazz with a passion. It offends my ear canal. <laughs> but you, you enjoyed that one we brought to a wall back. That was, um, what, what jazz was that? Do you remember? We, we brought it for the genre challenge. I vaguely remember that, yeah. You said, I don't yeah. remember liking one from the genre. No, you yeah, did, yeah. You did, yeah. In fact, but, your words were, I started playing this oh, and yes, I thought, I really yeah, but that. I can't remember the name but of the song. Yeah, where, where I'm going with this is I fucking hate jazz, but I like this. Okay, so yes, that was Evelyn Laurie with her song, I Love Your Smile. And that, ladies and gentlemen, people of all ages, is the end of the show. So I just want to thank Wayne and Neil for jo- and myself for being here. Hello. I'm glad, I, I'm glad I came. Shameless self-promotion then. Yeah, don't give a shit. And thank you for listening. If indeed you still are. Goodbye. Goodbye. Tell me, uh, tell me a bit about yourself. Who is Francesca Louise? Tell me. Um, no, Laurie. No, sorry, that's Evelyn Laurie. I've got the wrong person in front of me. Oh, is it Evelyn or Francesca? No, it's Francesca. Who the fuck's Evelyn Laurie then? <laughs> that's going in the outtakes. <laughs> so sorry. Oh, that's brilliant. That's that was hilarious. the one. That actually, that's who I interviewed last night. I did. Oh, is it? <laughs> I haven't updated my notes. Sorry. Uh, I can try to be Evelyn, but I don't know if that no, is either. So. No, she's <laughs> a completely different style of music. She's a jazz artist. Oh, wicked. Yeah, yeah. Oh. We, we try to be diverse. Yeah, that's nice. That's mm. cool. So yeah, tell me who Francesca is. Then. <laughs> Our final artist, which is Evelyn Laurie, and her song, Bit of Me. Not sure which bit of her it is, but... I love the smile. What's Bit of Me, then? Her album. Oh, yeah. So this next song is... Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were just going to say, I fucking hate jazz. That's it. You should have just left it. Actually, that's where I'm going to leave it. That's where I'm going to... I'm not going to put that last bit. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hate jazz. Uh, it is It is probably the most <laughs> eclectic genre. What you got to say about this song, Neil? <laughs> fucking hate jazz. <laughs> That's it, now. I'll just put that in there. It's Neil going, I fucking hate jazz. <laughs> 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 <laughs>